Good morning. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. When I was 17, like many 17-year-olds, I thought I'd kind of figured out life. Not that it was perfect, but kind of I thought I knew how things worked. Church life was particularly good. I had a fantastic youth group and inspiring youth leaders. And one thing that stood out was on a Sunday, once a month in the evening, the youth group would take over the whole church service. This is everything from welcoming people to um, doing the prayers, to leading the music and doing the sermon. They had faith in us and our faith grew. I felt blessed. A few weeks before my 18th birthday, I was playing the guitar at, um, at church with one of the youth leaders, Mark, and he complained of having a headache and he left. Now, Mark was a particularly special guy. Um, he ran an open house pretty much for the youth with um, his wife and three kids and three girls under five. And um, it was before the time of mobile phones. And so we'd kind of just turn up and hang out and he would talk to us inspire us, lead us. He taught me to play the guitar. Now, the night after his headache, I was meant to go and babysit for his children. But I got a phone call to say that he was in hospital. A few days later, I got another phone call to say that he had a brain aneurysm and he was brain dead. I was invited to go in and see him and a guy who was a father a husband, someone who was so full of life, who had so much of his life ahead of him, lay lifeless on that bed. Later that day, they turned off the machines. On my 18th birthday, when I was meant to be celebrating, I played my guitar at his funeral. My friend in the youth group did the sermon He's now the vicar of St. Ives. And I was angry. I was mourning. I was angry at God for what had happened, but also that the world was not how I thought it was. I was angry that, it, 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 that I was in this place. No one talked to me about it. No one knew how to talk about it. No one knew how to process it least of all me. I walked away from God. I did not feel blessed and I did not feel comforted. You may think, Rob, why have you started with this story? Surely this is the opposite to the verse that you're meant to be talking about. But I want to start here because so many of you may feel in this place right now or have felt it at some point in your life. You may read this passage and feel like it's salt in an open wound. That why do I not feel blessed? Am I not close enough to God? Why do I not feel comforted? You know, it just doesn't happen, does it sometimes? But I want to reassure you that this passage and this message today is for you. It's for those who are genuinely mourning. For those who have the dark cloud around them, who can't see beyond what's going on. Those who feel alone, and don't feel close to God. I'm hoping that if we start here, we'll start asking the right questions. Questions like, what does it really mean to feel blessed? 
because that doesn't seem to parry up with mourning. And how, how is it that we are comforted? What does that look like? To help us answer these questions, I'm going to approach this verse in a way that um, I often approach when I'm, when I'm reading the Bible, with two principles. The first principle is never read a verse in isolation. Always read it in context. And so it's like listening to a conversation. If you only hear one little bit, you can be confused or get completely the wrong end of the stick. The second is to recognise that the Bible isn't written to me as an individual. It's written, written to the people of God about the kingdom of God, which is kind of to me because I'm part of the kingdom of God, but it's so much more than that. So let's start to zoom out to understand it in context. A few verses earlier from chapter 5, where the Sermon on the Mount is, in chapter 4, verse 17, it says, From this time on, Jesus began to preach, Repent, for the kingdom of God is near. He then starts to show what the kingdom of God is like, calling his disciples an odd bunch, really, and then going on and healing the sick, and then launching into this... Um, first teaching series which has been collected into the Sermon on the Mount about the nature of the kingdom of God. But then the question is, well, where did the kingdom of God go? Where was it far off before? What's going on? So let's zoom out even further. Let's go all the way back to Genesis 1 and 2. Here we see the kingdom of God as it's supposed to be. It is the picture of blessing and helps us define what blessing is. In the Garden of Eden, humans walked and talked and lived with their God. There was abundance of food, but there was also purpose, purpose with God. In Genesis 1.28, it said, um, God blessed them and said to them, be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over the fish of the sea, the birds of the air, and, um, and every other living creature that moves on the ground. Our purpose is to be representatives of God on earth. Made in his image, with him as king. This is what it is to be blessed. However, things changed. By taking the apple, we chose our own way to be human. And there were consequences. Genesis 3 tells us that we are separated from the tree of life and death and disease are now part of our reality. That our relationship with God and with others are broken and there is insecurity and power plays in all our relationships. That the ground was cursed and that our work has become hard and does not always bring results that we expect or pleasure. And that childbearing will bring pain. This is our reality now. It's not how it was supposed to be, it's not how the kingdom of God was supposed to be, but it is our reality. But we don't want to accept it, do we? We don't talk about death. We pretend as if it's not happening. And so are shocked and ill-equipped um, when it inevitably affects us all. We feel our broken connections with God and each other, with busyness and addiction. We work tirelessly without complete satisfaction in our job and never get fulfilled. We live in relative luxury while ignoring millions who struggle to make ends meet. 
There is heartache in infertility and miscarriage and parenthood, where we feel like failures and we feel alone, when in reality, so many people are going through it. We Instagram our lives as success, pretending that the bad things are not there, in, not just online, but in our daily conversations. But in truth, it is not our real reality. Mourning the realities that affect us all has for some reason become unacceptable within our culture. We talk about the kingdom of God as being the upside down kingdom, but is it possible that actually the kingdom we've created for ourselves is the one that is upside down? God, however, does not shy away from the realities. He says, blessed are those who mourn. It is in the reality of the loss, the heartache, the pain and the suffering that God works. It pains him as much as it pains us. It is in these places, so far from his plan, that, um, from his kingdom, that he spends his time to bring comfort, to bring healing, to bring forgiveness and wholeness and resurrection life. As we follow the whole Bible, but most clearly in the life of Jesus, we see that he goes to those who are mourning. In Matthew 9, a few chapters after the Sermon on the Mount, when questioned why he hangs out with people like this, he answers, it's not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. God has sent to be with those who don't feel well, to heal them, to be a doctor. In the next chapter, when he sends out the disciples with a mission, he clearly states, as you go, preach this message. The kingdom of heaven is near. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse those who have leprosy and drive out demons. He was sent to those who are, who are mourning, who know the realities that things are not right. In John 11, in the story of Lazarus, in hearing that he was sick and dying, he went to him knowing what was going to happen. As he arrived, his sisters um, came out and said he's already dead. And next is the shortest verse in the Bible. Jesus wept. He wept. He went to the people who were mourning to be with them and wept with them, even though he went on to raise him from the dead. And in one of my favourite little passages, in Luke 24, a couple of the disciples are leaving Jerusalem. They'd been with Jesus for, for some time and they heard what he was saying and it was the Passover and they were hoping that as same as Moses had led them away from their captors, that Jesus would also lead them out um, from the Roman um, um, enslavement, from being under Roman rule. And yet he was killed by the Romans and they were walking away mourning and disappointed. And Jesus, in his risen state, chose to come to them and walk beside them and talk with them and live with them for a while. And how often is this true? This is my experience, that actually we, we think we're walking with Jesus and we are and we feel blessed. And then something happens that just doesn't seem to make sense, that's not fit with our reality. And we walk away despondent, not knowing what's going on. But Jesus came to them and he opened the Bible and he explained to them what was really happening. And again, my experience is if when we spend time with God, that this is what happens, that we are 
um, that Jesus shows us something that we didn't see before. If you are someone who is mourning, I want you to know today that Jesus came to be with you. He came to comfort you and bless you. And I pray that you open your hearts to do that. And if you are a follower of Jesus who wants to walk the way of Jesus, then I challenge you to go where he is, where he is going to those who are mourning. A few years after I walked away from God, I returned knowing that there was no hope and found apart from him. He did bring me comfort, teaching me and grounding me in his love. And the thing that was supposed to make me separate from God is actually now my testimony for why my faith is now so secure. So I married Sarah and a few years later, we moved to El Salvador which is in Central America. And God gave us many opportunities to, be, to bless others and he blessed us and to serve him. And we felt really blessed. On our return, we decided to start a family, but it just didn't seem to happen. The months and the years went by and we started to mourn the loss of the family that we thought we would have. We didn't know anyone else that was going through it. We felt alone and helpless. However, I had learned the lessons from before. And instead of walking away, I walked towards Jesus and I sat in times of prayer and worship with him. Through my prayers, he gave me calmness and steadiness and genuine comfort. This allowed me to be steady for Sarah, who had to deal with not only the yearning that only a woman can feel in this situation, but on top of that, to go and work as a midwife to see people do exactly what we wish to happen. We learned to be angry and sad and mourn with God. And we were brought closer to him and we realised that medicine can only go so far, that God is the giver of life. Now, would I say that in every single moment I felt blessed? Well, no, but just like when you see a verse in isolation, that is not the best way of seeing things. As I see things as a whole, I know that if I'd gone through this situation without God, my life would not have been blessed. But with him, he, um, it made it so that I could see a bigger picture. Reflecting on it now, both our relationship with him and with each other is so much stronger. And of course, he did bless us with two fantastic little boys. But there's something remarkable that goes beyond what, um, what happened there that I didn't expect. God has put in our path more than our fair share of um, couples and friends and acquaintances that tell us that they're going through the same thing that we went through. We cannot give them all the answers because sometimes there are not answers to give. We cannot make it right because only God can do that. But we can be with them. We can pray with them, we can try and comfort them and we can just be with them in their mourning. We're still learning to do it well, but God has made this verse in 1 Corinthians 1 verse 3 and 4 true for us. 
Praise be to God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our troubles so that we can comfort those in any um, trouble with the comfort um, we ourselves receive from God. When life throws us into mourning, we are hit with the sad reality that things are not how they should be. Our world tells us to ignore it um, and don't talk about it to the point that we can feel ashamed and lost and alone whenever we experience it. And actually, if we're being truthful, sometimes avoid people when they're going through it themselves. This is not the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God operates in these realities. We are blessed when we are walking and talking and living with our God. And it's in these situations that God is. The message translation puts this beatitude we've been looking at like this. You're blessed when you feel you've lost what is most dear to you. Only then can you be embraced by the one most dear to you. If you're mourning, don't run or hide away, being lost or ashamed. Run into the embrace of the Most High. He is with you, and as you let him hold you, you will be comforted. If you are a follower of Jesus, then we need to follow him into those places of mourning. If you're going to take up your role in the kingdom of God, we need to be opening our eyes to the reality of where things are not as they should be. We need to be with them, pray for them, help them and bring them comfort. I'll invite the band up as I'm about to pray. If you felt that you've been um, affected by anything or it's, you feel like you're mourning at the moment, then I, I really encourage you to, kind of, to talk to someone around you after this. Let them pray with you. Let them practice what we've been talking about today. And as I finish, let us pray. Heavenly Father, thank you that you come to us when we are mourning. That that's where you want to be where things are not right so that you can bring comfort and bring hope and be with us. Lord, thank you that you weep with us. Thank you that you open thing our eyes to things that we didn't see before. Lord, we're sorry when we have walked away from you when you've wanted to be with us for anger or for whatever reason, and Lord, help us to stick with you in our times of mourning. And Lord, we're sorry when we have known that someone is mourning around us in our community and we haven't been like you. We haven't walked as you've walked. And Lord, help us to find a way to be with those people. Lord, I want to thank you for Freedom Matters. I want to thank you for the pastoral team. I want to thank you that they go into those situations. And Lord, I want to um, ask that you bless those people and bless what they're doing and that they can be God's representatives and that those people that they're dealing with can see you, can see you as the comforter in those situations through the people that are doing it.
Lord, I lift your name high. In Jesus' name, amen. For more information about Freedom Church, please go to www.freedomchurch.uk. Thank you for listening.